You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1000. 266 and interview number 1579. We've been on the air since March of 2009 for the longest running business podcast in Orange County, California. I've invited Michael Curlin and John Thomas to come back on the show because we're going to go deeper today on how they have intentionally focused on building a strong and healthy culture for their firm, Branded Group. They've been recognized as a best or top places to work for the past two years. I'm excited to have them both back in the studio to kind of rejoin the conversation. Before we do that, if you'd like to learn more about this radio show and podcast, which airs live on octalkradio.net, iHeartRadio, and all the standard podcasting platforms, or my role as a business mentor here in Orange County, California, visit our company's website, Critical Mass for business.com. All right, great pleasure to have you guys back on the show. Welcome, Michael. Welcome, John, back to Critical Mass Radio Show. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate you having us back. Thanks. Good to see you. It's good to see you both. So why don't we uh, start kind of where we left off. For those that maybe didn't hear your interview in December, can you talk to us about what makes your company unique in the minds of your clients and your prospects? And Michael, maybe you can answer that question first, please. So we're a full-service nationwide maintenance and facilities management company. What that means is we a ticket from one of our retail clients and go in and manage the process of fixing, whether it be a, a door frame or a toilet or, or lighting. And we put a, put a management fee on top of that to make sure the process run, runs well. What differentiates us is uh, the people and the training that we have in place at Branded Group. There's about a thousand companies just like ours in the country that all do pretty much the same thing around the same price. So they don't do it as well as we do it, though. Okay. And how does, um, how does, a, how does the market know that? Is that through having the experience of working with you one time? They see it's a differentiated experience. But how does the how does a client recognize the difference of branded group? I think it's over time of working with us, they get to become part of a, a family, a, a partnership or relationship. They're working with the same uh, people in our office over and over again. So they our retention rate is at 96%. So we don't lose uh, a lot of our employees unless we don't want them to be working there anymore. Sure. And so over time, it, it, you're on the same team. If you're, let's say, Apple, you're calling in, you're putting in tickets for doors across the country, you're dealing with Teresa every single day, and she's able to help you, gets to know your your pet's names, your kids' names, whatever. So there's a comfortability with, with that. And when you two, with your other business partner, partner, decided to start Branded Group and do it the way you've chosen to do it, did you realize this would be a differentiated offering in the niche that you're in? Absolutely. Okay. And did you believe that was the scalable part of the business then? I mean, that would make you an attractive partner for these clients? Uh, yes, definitely. So we we admitted a previous company that did basically the same thing that we do, and we were able to see that when you have turnover to the tune of 50 to 60% of your people changing out regularly that you couldn't have a relationship there was a lot of chaos. There was no consistency with the the product deliverable, which to us is the person communicating and quarterbacking a job. Mm-hmm. So when that person sits in the seat for a long time and builds that relationship, then 
they get comfortable with the client, they can work through problems faster, and you don't have to spend all of your time retraining, you know, and reinventing the wheel for someone that can just make a career out of it. I think it's so interesting that YouTube took on what is a crowded, from your own words, and kind of a mature market and decided you had a better mousetrap, and if you could just get momentum in the industry, you could create a business that could scale. That sounds like what's going on for you now with your business, right? Correct. So the transferable knowledge, sorry to interrupt you, to other entrepreneurs is don't be dissuaded because there's already a lot of people in the space if you truly believe you have something unique and different that would be perceived to be valuable. Correct. Uh, if you have uh, the ability to disrupt or be better, then <laughs> that, that's the way to do it. You know, when we had an idea that we could be better at what we saw from the old place, it wasn't just turnover, but that was one of the ho- the highest things on our list was keeping our employees happy uh, as well as our vendors. And we've been able to execute that over the last six years. And if you would like to learn more and uh, kind of along these lines from these two entrepreneurs, I would I would ask you if you're listening to us live to go into the archives. They were back in early December. You both were on the show. If you're listening to us a podcast, just scroll down through your feed and you'll find probably eight or nine episodes ago these two gentlemen were on the show and i was very curious because i love to have companies that are both growing because i got you from the inc 5000 list but then also best places or top workplaces that combination of those two are really interesting to me and i think they leverage one another so i wanted you both to come back so we could talk a little bit more about what you do to be intentional about the culture that you've built so before i go into a specific question from a 30,000 foot level, you two plus your other founder, did you come into this with a sense of what the culture for Branded Group should be, or has that evolved through kind of trial and error and sort of building the company and, and seeing what you needed? So is the culture that you've built now the culture that you thought when you started a company, or has it kind of evolved as you've hired people and understood what it takes to grow the company? Well, is that I'll a fair just, question? It's a fair question. I'll. It's a Mike question for sure, but I would like to jump in first and say that Mike evolved it. It wasn't supposed to start that way. We knew we wanted it to be better uh-huh. and the fundamentals of how we run jobs and how we treat people. But he kind of took it to a whole different level uh, with really dialing into the culture of the entire organization and then trans uh, transferring that that he had in him in his heart to the company and really representing what he wanted to get done. Uh, and then we've kind of built a lot of things around that. Uh, so he, he kind of changed it entirely pretty early on, I think. So how did you do that? Well, after year one, we turned a profit, which was unexpected, but, <laughs> yeah, but very nice. Yeah, yes, yes. A small one. But 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was going home at night, and, and like I said before, we were fixing doors for retailers to make people shopping experiences a little bit better. But we really had no intrinsic value on on the world uh, that we were leaving so we decided i decided i wanted to leave a, a higher mark and i started working with one of my dear friends that that helps us with our public relations and we developed the the one for one program which was uh, you know every service call that we completed for the first uh 6 years we donated a minute of time to uh, a local charity, which uh, we've done Habitat for Humanity in Orange County and Habitat for Humanity in Suffolk County, New York, where we have offices, also the second Harvest Food Pantry, among others. And so uh, the reason that uh, that happened was so that I could feel better about what I was doing sure. as a company leaving a, a mark on this earth. And I've now transferred that over to our 80 plus employees. And 
you should see how excited I had a guy come in my office yesterday and tell me how awesome it was that he was on the build site in Fullerton over the weekend. His dad was upset that he didn't invite him along to go with him. And it's just, they're all excited about being out there swinging hammers and put, giving something back. Well, that's awesome. So we're going to continue this conversation about what you're doing in this area. But I'm, before we get there, for the more ROI-driven uh, entrepreneurs that might listen to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, I'm just wondering, are there metrics or indicators that you as the leadership team kind of monitor or look at to determine the impact that these initiatives are having on your culture and your company? Well, as Mike mentioned the first, the, the main one is retention and with uh, 96% you know, now on 80 plus people, that's, it's easy to see you're saving money somehow. A lot of people have tried to peg a a dollar amount of what it costs to actually turn someone over. And I've heard ranges of numbers. Someone told me it's $50,000 and it's just, it's so deeper reaching than that. Right. I, I couldn't put anything on it because it's specific to like for anybody else, I couldn't put a number on it because mm -hmm. it's specific to that business. For us, um, it's far beyond that because they touch thousands of jobs a year they're having thousands of conversations with hundreds and hundreds of different people. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at all the touch points that they have and how that monetizes over a year, uh, if you have to start from scratch with someone to redo all of that and hit all those touch points and go through all those jobs, uh, that's far beyond $50,000. Mm -hmm. So there's really no baseline. It's just you have to figure it out for your own business. Right. And, and what you said earlier, Mike, which is having your clients have a relationship with the advisor who's on the phone that seems to require a certain amount of retention absolutely because if they didn't if they didn't if you didn't retain them that whole premise of your business model would be challenged right yes and uh, that comfortability i'm if if i'm a facilities manager for a retailer and i know that john is my facilities coordinator and we've been working together for 10 years i'm going to trust him and send him work to know he's going to get it done, even though I may have options to send to other companies similar to ours. So Right. Yeah, we all have competition. All right, every, I don't know anybody that listens to Critical Mass Radio Show or any of the 1,500 guests who came on here and says, I, ha I have no competition. We're so unique that we're, you know, people just gravitate to us. So there's always that choice of do I give them more business or do I not give them more business? And so that kind of relationship uh, is really important. I know that you guys were selected as a top places to work by the Orange County Register just here in 2019. So congratulations for continuing to achieve those. Can you share with our audience why being selected for this and similar awards is important to to use to you guys as leaders of your company? Well, it's important to us because it's totally driven by the employees. They have to take a survey that is anonymous and comes straight from whichever award that we are going out for and so it, it just shows that these this is how they really feel the, you know we're not sitting over their shoulder and saying mark, mark yes mark yes yeah we're great we're great it's, no it's so anonymous yeah it, yeah almost yeah. frustratingly so yeah so <laughs> to be chosen you you have to treat your employees well because otherwise they wouldn't elect you for that award so it's it's definitely important to us, right? And I, but I understand. In addition to the awards that you apply for, you also do some internal polling, don't you, to kind of get a sense for the employee culture and the pulse? Can you we, talk a little bit about that? We do. We've done an internal survey uh, for the last four years, and 
After year two, we were probably about 15 employees, and there were some, you know, up, upsetted people in the ranks. They didn't really have a way to get, express how they were feeling and their frustrations. So we started doing a survey, and year over year, it, it's gotten better until this last year. We've gotten to the point where we're big, where we can't make all the people happy all the time. So some of the uh, some of the metrics dipped a little, but we're still, you know, 85 percentile or higher. So we're still in that B B plus range. <laughs> but uh, it's it's important to us because we want to we want to give them a voice and we want to know what they may have gripes with that they may be scared to walk into our office and say, hey, we want more time off. Hey, we want better. Uh, communication with the executives so from the the most recent survey we just came out with uh, a town hall quarterly town hall meeting where they get to uh, hear us directly you know speaking to them and addressing their concerns we gave them an extra week of vacation for uh 2020 so i think they they would say i think that's one of the most important things to them so they, yeah. they would say they won yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, let me follow up then um because what you said i think is important it's not only doing the survey but it's doing something about what you find out in the survey. Yeah, you got to act on it, right? Quickly. Okay. Yeah. A- and do you connect the action that you're taking with the results of the survey? Do they know that the town hall is derivative from the most recent in- survey? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's important. Because you can't take that for granted. I would think. No, I, and the, the, we make it very clear. I mean, those were the first words out of I think Mike's mouth when he opened up the uh, the town hall this year was. We listened and read what you wrote on the surveys, and here's what we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't have to wait until just that meeting to announce anything. We had made changes uh, immediately uh, on the things we could change immediately uh, that made sense. So it's, yeah, we're very transparent about that. And, how, and how, do you, how do you deal with uh, suggestions that you can't do anything about or you choose at this time not to do something about I think most of the suggestions that we that we got were fair, and we addressed the ones that were fair. There's a few outliers that were one-offs, and I I don't want to say we ignored them, but there was just no there was no need to really address them. Because- yeah, and the ones that were, to Mike's point, there there was a couple where so for me I'm looking at like our revenues, and there's some suggestions that are great, but we're not that big. Okay. Or we could actually okay. in, implement or institute any type of program that that was suggested so it might not be a this year thing maybe it's a next year thing but that we also have to be able to pay for it so it's it's that simple a lot of times just hey that would be nice but i don't have i don't have it like that so right but that wait but does that help you plan for the future saying when we are that that level this is one of the things we should consider absolutely okay yeah we to to touch on what John's speaking about, we have an after hours phone, and everyone hates it. So you, <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah, you, it's you have to work. Duty, yeah. You have to work a weekend or or, or weeknights. It's the holiday ruiner. Yeah, yeah right. one holiday a year or something like that, and so. Uh, they all hate it, and it's like the number one gripe. And we and they want a, a fully a team fully dedicated to after hours. And we told them we're working on it, we're working on it. But to John's point, we just aren't there yet. We can't support a full after hours team yet. Yeah, but it's a 2020 initiative. So. I know the number. Right. I, I know exactly when we can okay. do that, but we have to get there. Right. And that takes everyone's help. It's a, it's a team sport. Boy, I would think that's a. And we're talking with Mike and John here with the branded group. Sorry if I haven't announced who we're talking with in a while. But but um, I would think that's a good way to also sort of educate your employees a bit about the realities of business. right? Not in a negative sense, but in an aspirational sense so that they can appreciate that a company can't do everything right now. There's sort of a budget that gives us freedom to do this. So 
I would think in the long run that's a healthy way to feed back to people that we can't do this now, but we're open to it in the future. Yeah, no isn't very healthy when you just don't have any rationale behind it and you right. say, no, it's it, people feel dismissed and it you know deflates people and they lose their their confidence to talk to us. So mm-hmm. I know that when people come into my office and ask questions where they eventually get to me, they put in a quarter and they get the whole song out of the jukebox and they almost get, they get the whole album. Yeah, they do. It goes dark but side of the moon, baby. It's uh, but it, you know I feel it helps. I think it does uh, too. Well, maybe I, it makes them uncomfortable after. A while. <laughs> My experience is if a, if an employee can come in and you guys are big enough at eighty where not everybody works for you, right? There are people that work for people who work for you now, so you're kind of one or two levels removed from some of your people. But if they can have an a good conversation with you where they feel like they've left a positive impact on what you're thinking, that's probably something they talk about at the kitchen table at home at that night. That I sat with Mike or I sat with John and we had a good conversation. Can you see how that happens? I mean, I think I think that feeds this best places to work mentality where they feel like they had a little bit of input to how you're thinking. That, that That's great that you guys have that culture. Yeah, we, we make it a point. Uh, John's always got his door open. He manages a lot more people than I do. Uh, but I make it a point to, you know, sit in the lunch area and, and pick random tables to talk to people. How's your day? How's your weekend? Keep it, you know, light and right. let them know um, I'm a normal guy too. Let, let's chop it up a little bit. So. Right. Well, I know that uh, you encourage your employees to give back to the community. So not, we spend some time talking about how you build the culture inside. But I'm also very impressed because one of your employees, Adele Reed, was selected by One OC, which is the aggregator of nonprofits here in Orange County. It's a big, important organization for the Spirit of Volunteerism Award. I wonder if you could share the good works that your people have done, and what was it like for Adele when she was, you know, kind of in that space? Just give us an idea of how important it is to you that your people are actively involved in the community. It, it's very important to us. Uh, you know, it's it's one of our drivers, give back to our community. And uh, between uh, Second Harvest and Habitat for Humanity, like I was telling you earlier, those are our biggest uh, uh, connections for giving back. We, we also encourage everyone in the company to have a day of purpose which we pay them uh, their regular you know rate for a day and let them go volunteer wherever they want to go as long as their work is up to par and their supervisor approves it ahead of time you mm-hmm. know and and so this is actually the second year in a row that we've had someone nominated for the spirit of volunteerism award um, oh wow Kiara Duarte also was right. nominated uh, two years ago and it, and the way we decide is it's based on who puts the most volunteer hours in over the course of a calendar year. So it was last year it was Adele and the year before it was Kiara. And, you know, we're super proud of both of them. They, they're always out there and at, on the, the job sites for Habitat or uh, the Second Harvest Food Pantry. And, and how did the other employees respond to Adele being uh, selected for the Spirit of Entrepreneur, uh, Volunteerism Award? Oh, uh, they're they're all have they all rally around. They're all happy, yeah. uh, excited. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's part of our culture. We 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 developed a be better award as well, and so to part of getting the be better award is you have to do sixteen hours of community service. Um, hmm. With eight of it has to be with Habitat, and then the other eight is wherever you'd like it to be. Mm-hmm. And um, so most of the com- company has decided to get on board with the be better award and they're all i mean the the community service is always the one that takes the longest but yeah it but takes a while so they all rally around and they're excited when yeah. someone gets that award right 
I, I think this is great. I'm glad we, we were able to uh, mention Adele here on the air. Give her congratulations from Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast as well. Adele. Adele. <laughs> if, uh, you're going to come back on the show. This is your second appearance. We're going to have you back in a couple, I don't know, whatever, one year, two years, something. What are we going to talk about on the show then? What, Where will the company be, let's say, two years down the line? So where we're going to be is still focusing on our, our fundamentals. So this year is a big year of undoing a lot of things we've already done to accommodate scale. Okay. So we, what we've seen over the past year is we wrote a lot of policy, like a lot of policy, because that should fix everything. But no, it, you wind up getting all these loopholes in policy. So we are dialing back on a lot of policy, and we're focusing on keystone habits and fundamentals of what it takes to be a professional. Okay. And in two years, we'll see, I hope, similar retention numbers, but we want the professionals to be in the seat, the same ones, and hopefully new ones that are learning from their peers and their veterans. I'll also say, I hope in two years we have an after-hours team. <laughs> I committed that you earlier. Did? Yeah, we've got some numbers to hit, but okay, okay, fingers crossed. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. We can all make it happen. They're going to cannibalize me if I don't hit that. <laughs> We're rowing the same direction, ladies and gentlemen. If someone, uh, but before I ask you how someone can find Branded Group online, it's come to my attention, Michael, that you're going to be doing your own podcast here in the not too distant future. Is that is that rumor true? That rumor is true. Okay. Are you excited? I, I'm super excited. I, I hope that everyone can deal with this voice on a, on a regular basis on the radio. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's going to be called the the Be Better Podcast. The Be Better Podcast. So, is this the first public mention of this? It is, and you guys caught me off guard. So, well, I got a scoop here yeah. on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, you, baby. You broke the show. Yeah. I broke it. I broke news. Just like the police. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> I have a history of breaking things uh, in a positive way. Okay, how does someone learn more about your firm? How do they find you online, guys? Uh, www.branded. ED, not Brandon, branded-group.com. LinkedIn is Branded Group. Facebook, Branded Group. Twitter, at The Branded Group. And Instagram is at Be Better Team. Well, there you go. Thank you for being uh, so generous of your time and coming back and sharing a little bit more about Branded Group. I really enjoyed getting to know you both and wish you nothing but continued success in your professional careers. Thank you for the time you've given to our audience. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Mr. Paul Roberts, as well as our three producers. Very important role to have producers uh, without whom I could not do this show. They are, of course, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, our newest producer, Vanessa Holland. If you'd like to connect with me, let's start on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. 